Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Hello to you today. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the show. And, you know, today we're continuing our look at uh, every book of promise, working our way through the Bible, finding the promises all throughout. Today we're going to be in the book of 2 Kings, back in the Old Testament. And, uh, you know, just to get us kind of all on the same page about this book, in 1 Kings, if we flip back one book, we find the life of the prophet Elijah. That's pretty much all takes place there. A little bit happens in 2 Kings, but most of his life is laid out for us in 1 Kings. It's filled with remarkable events, and it shows his life in total honesty, which is something that the Bible always does. And that should be a comfort to us in our daily messes. We all have them, right? It also reminds us not to be overly judgy-judgy of people in the middle of their messes. Should we point them to Jesus if we have the opportunity? Absolutely, yes. Offering them the hope that we find in Christ. Pray for them? Yes, absolutely pray for them. Speak life and truth based on the word of God and uh, sometimes just kind of move out of the way and let the Lord do what he alone is able to do in their life because he's so faithful, he's so trustworthy. Do those things, absolutely, but do them while working to make heaven crowded right? Because that should be our goal. Like, are people stepping into eternity because um, because they see our walk with the Lord, or are they kind of avoiding God because of what they see in our life? We don't want to be the ones that cause avoidance. We want to be the ones that draw people near to the Lord because they want what we have, which is relationship, not religion. Okay, all that to say that um, we all need Jesus, nobody is exempt from that great need, and that helps us to be less like judgy-judgy and more lovey-lovey. Okay, in Second Kings, we're going to see the end of Elijah's life, and we're going to see Elisha step onto the scene. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. So normally at this point in the show, there's a sponsor, but today I'm going to do something a little bit different, something super near and dear to my heart. I am going to share about my daughter Savannah's Etsy shop. Now you may or may not know Savannah like in real life and have met her. If you know her, you know she is crazy talented and has been from a child. Like that girl has got talent coming out of her ears. I really do think like if it could be shooting out of her ears like it would be. She has so much talent. And she has some trendy and fun designs in her Christian store on Etsy. And I've just got to share it with you because her stuff, it's just, it's really awesome. It's beyond amazing. And I'm not just saying that because I'm her mom. Her clients love, love, love her work as a graphic designer. And I think you're going to love her work too. So click the link here in the top of the show notes and check out her Etsy store to show her some love because she's pretty awesome. She's pretty great. And uh, she did not know that I was going to feature her on this episode, so this will be a surprise for her. Thanks for blessing her by checking that out. This is episode number 164. 
Okay, so we find Elijah in the book of Second Kings, like Elijah, the one and only, who is followed by Elisha, also the one and only. There's one Elijah, there's one Elisha, and they're both remarkable, remarkable men who followed the Lord and it had just tremendous impact and amazing life experiences because they followed the Lord. They went all in with him. Elisha is, of course, the successor to Elijah, but for sure he was not one to like lag behind, to dawdle. He didn't live a lackluster life of service to God. No, Elisha followed suit after Elijah. They're both giants among men, among the men of their time even, uh, and then all throughout like eternity because they served the Lord. I can say that. like These are giants among men for eternity. Both of these men are inspiring in the sense that they encourage us to go all in with the Lord. And at the same time, they give us comfort that even the greats in the Bible were dealing with the reality of their own humanness, as well as the fallen world around them, a fallen society around them. They were very human, and yet they were all in with the Lord. Isn't that comforting that even the greats are just like their people that the Lord worked through. I don't always like to say used because, you know, God doesn't use and abuse people. Um, So he uses us for his glory, but not the way people would use us. And I think you already know that, but sometimes I just have to say that because I don't like the way it sounds in my own ears to say the Lord used them, like the Lord worked through them because that's just how our good God is. He never will use you. And if you have been used and abused, I am so sorry. And the Lord will not do that to you. And that's... um. That's where I'm going to leave that on the topic of being used or feeling used. Okay, man, I totally got off track with that, but I think that's a good little spot to bounce and get off track with. So um, I think that the fitting description, perhaps, of a life of a follower of Jesus, who's all in with Jesus, is one who's dealing with their own humanness and also living in a society that is not walking closely with Jesus. Because no matter when you have been a Christ follower, uh, there are struggles. It is hard and not everybody around you is a Christ follower. And so we've all down through the ages dealt with this. It's just the way that it is. And yet it can become discouraging. And so we want to look at examples from the Bible, like Elisha and Elijah, and see what we can learn from them so that we can keep living our life well for the Lord and for his kingdom and for his purposes. Because there's, you know, it's like Peter said, to whom would we go? Where else are we going to go? If it's not all in with Jesus, we know better than to think there's another option. There's not. There's nothing else. And so we just keep on walking with him. Today's episode, I hope, will encourage you in your daily walk with the Lord, no matter where you find yourself, like on the spectrum of you're dealing with your own humanness and also dealing with just the way things are in the world around you. You may be the only Christian in your family. If so, man, you cling so hard and so fast to Jesus, like you hang on to him. You just hang on and don't let go and he will hang on to you. He will not let you go. You might be surrounded by huge volumes of Christians in like ministry work. Praise the Lord. Thank God for those people and keep praying for each other because um, the enemy is like, don't let anybody drift too far to the to the outside so they feel like they're completely alone, you know, maybe just keep praying for them, loving them, bringing them back in, encouraging them, send a text, uh, just uh, find a verse, pray it for them and share it with them that you've been praying it for them because Satan is, uh, he likes to be a sniper 
and we don't want to have anybody like get sniped because they're he just hates the work that Jesus is getting done in this world through people that love him. So pray for each other. Thank God for the close knit Christians you have around you and pray and stick to Jesus if you feel alone in your walk with him. Okay. I really feel like I'm rabbit trailing a lot today. I apologize for that, but I hope it's I hope it's encouraging even my rabbit trails. They seem to be spirit led on my end, so I hope it blesses you. So, uh that's a fitting description of all of us who follow Jesus. We deal with our humanists, we deal with a fallen world around us. We have our own issues we're dealing with. And by dealing with, I mean like I can't fix it. I'm not a self-help guru. That's actually not a thing. Dealing with it means taking it to the cross and leaving them there. Lay it down at the foot of the cross and leave it there. Seek the Holy Spirit to heal and to guide and to deliver and to protect and do what only he can do. That means he gives you the power to overcome. Doesn't mean you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It means you just live your life walking by faith, not by sight, with the Lord, trusting him to do what only he can do in you, for you, and through you. And all the while, there's a lost and hurting world that's filled with people who we really do want to love well, right? We want to love people well. Sometimes there's just hard stuff in our own life that feels like, how do I love them well when I've got this mess going on? We want to be ambassadors of Christ to people who are hurting. And uh, yes, at times that's just plain hard because sometimes, honestly, the people part of people makes it tricky sometimes, you know? So if living in this current world combined with a deep longing to live fully for the Lord is something that you strive toward, by strive, I actually mean abide toward. Since we only have power when we abide in Jesus, the true vine, and remain in him, because apart from him, we can do nothing. So striving, our striving should be striving to abide. I hope that makes sense because it's a hundred thousand bazillion percent true. Then this episode is for you today. Like Now let's say that you feel like you can't be an Elijah of sorts in this day and age. It's not the same. It's not the same, Jan. This, we're not living in the times of Elijah. Okay, I get that. It's not exactly the same. That's true enough. But what if it's not as different as we might think? It's okay if you land in the camp of like, I don't want to be an Elijah. I can't be. Because Second Kings got you covered. It's got you covered. The lives of these two men, Elijah and Elisha, hold a lot for us. No matter if we want to emulate them or we just want to get through the day, there's still a lot that we can learn from this, whether we're like, feel like we're on the mountaintop and we're ready to just level up with the Lord or we're way down in the valley and we're not sure how we can get through the next few hours. This chapter can still encourage you. The word of God is living and active. That's what it says in the book of Hebrews. And that means it still speaks to us today. If it's alive and active, it still speaks there's something that God's word has to say to you. Isn't he good to give us a living savior and a living Bible and prayer that allows us to enter into his throne room of grace so that we can seek and receive help that we need when we need it most? So before I read a few verses for today's episode, can I just mention real quick one more thing? Many of us know more about Elijah than we do about Elisha. And so we may have decided that we don't have the tenacity to be an Elijah in our day because we know about him. I mean, he called down fire from heaven. Uh, he rode a chariot of fire to eternity. The man didn't die like, whoa. Okay. So if that's you, if you feel like I can't be anything like Elijah, no worries. I will say though, that if God has chosen to take somebody, say from their regular job and has placed a calling on their life, 
Okay, this is what happened to Elisha. He had a, a normal type of a job for that society and that time and that culture. And he had a call put on his life where he had to, to make a choice and not look back and totally go all in with the Lord. If God like called you from something, and maybe it's not from your job, maybe it's from binging Netflix every night to starting some kind of an online ministry. Uh, maybe you're just going to go live on Facebook and, and share something about the Bible each day. Maybe you don't want to go live and show your face. So maybe you're just going to you know, make a TikTok where you just film the Bible and you talk or you just type it out and you share a couple of Bible verses. What if God's calling you to do that rather than the status quo that you've been doing? If God places a calling on your life, would you be willing to respond to that call if the Lord is the one calling you? you're the one he's calling, will you respond? One more thing to make mention of here. Are you willing not only to ask for a big blessing? I want you to think about this before I read our verses for today. Are you willing to not only ask, that means pray for a big blessing from the Lord, but are you also willing to walk out the life that comes with that big blessing? Okay, just a couple things for you to think about. Now I'm going to read the second Kings chapter two, verses one through 14. And today I'm reading from the Amplified. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? He said, yes, I know it. Be quiet about it. Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho approached Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? And he answered, Yes, I know it. Be quiet about it. Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood opposite them to watch at a distance. And the two of them stood by the Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle, his coat, and he rolled it up and he struck the waters and they were divided this way and that. So the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And when they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. He said, You have asked for a difficult thing. However, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. As they continued along and talked, behold, a chariot of fire with horses of fire appeared suddenly and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And he no longer saw Elijah. Then he took hold of his, his own clothes and he tore them into two pieces in grief. He picked up the mantle of Elijah that fell off of him. And he went back and he stood by the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and struck the waters and said, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he too had struck the waters, they divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Ah, uh, wow, wow. So the prophet Elijah's exit from Israel, from this planet that we dwell on, 
uh, that was pretty amazing, wouldn't you say? Like, that's truly an epic event in the history of all mankind. And Elisha saw it happen with his own eyes because he really, truly desired to be there when this took place. From what I read, we know that everybody knew it was happening and it was happening on this day. And he was like, I'm not letting you out of my sight. And then as they're walking along and just talking, boom, that's how quickly it happened. So um, that's a good word maybe for some of us when the suddenlies happen. Ooh, baby, it could be a really big deal. It can happen just in the midst of a normal conversation, all of a sudden something profound could happen. So uh, another reason to maybe keep your conversation um, pure, if that makes sense. Like, let's not get down into the, the nitty gritties on stuff that's not of the Lord. About such things we don't even speak, Paul said about the sin that we dwelt in before coming to know Christ. So uh, just a side note there. But if God is going to interrupt a conversation like of ours, which he very well may do, the way that he interrupted Elijah and Elisha's, uh, may he just step into to the midst of us and hear us talking about things that, that are the right things, the right things. Because the mouth overflows from the heart. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, said Jesus. So um, pay attention to your heart and pay attention to your words and what you think about. Pay attention to your thoughts. All right. So Elisha saw this was with his own eyes because he hung in there. He stayed close. He wasn't going to miss this, not for anything. And he didn't miss it. Now, he didn't really want to see Elijah go, per se. We know that to be true based on the text that we just read here, where he was grieving tore his clothes in grief after Elijah was taken up. But he did know that it was time. It was time. This was the Lord's will. The time for Elijah to go was upon them. And he didn't want to not be there. He just was going to be there in spite of the grief he knew he would experience. So thinking there when it said in verse 12 that he took his clothes and tore them into two pieces in grief, this is extreme intense grief. Elisha did not rejoice or celebrate this moment exactly, but even in his grief, he made sure to be there for this moment. Can you relate to that in any way? Like doing the thing that's hardest to do, you're doing it, even though you're in the midst of your own grief in the doing of it. He opted to follow Elijah closely throughout this day so that he would not miss Elijah being being taken up. Also, isn't that beautiful? Of course, Elijah did not die when he was taken via a chariot of fire to go and be with the Lord. But it's a beautiful way to look at the end of a life on earth for a Christian just being taken. The father just takes you. I just I really love that. He followed closely and he didn't miss it, even though it would bring him pain and grief. Elisha stayed close to Elijah. Sometimes we hang back when we should stay close. Jesus is the friend who sticks closer than a brother. So even when it's hard to deal with the things that grieve us, we're not alone. He is close. He's close enough to collect our tears in a bottle, as it says in Psalms. And there actually is uh, some like biblical evidence, like archaeological evidence for these tiny little bottles that you can collect your tears in. How close does the Lord have to be to be able to catch those tears in that tiny little bottle? He's right there. He is like right, right there. He's up close and personal. You are never, ever alone. So don't hang back when you know that God wants you to move forward and to stay close to a situation because you're not alone. He's closer to you than you are to that situation. So just get as close as he's calling you to get. Elisha followed and followed and followed and followed like all over the place. So he would be there when Elijah was taken. And in verse nine, Elijah asked him what he should do for him before being taken from him. 
Elisha asked for a double portion of his spirit. And this is a lowercase s, and so it's not the Holy Spirit of God. It was just like the, think of like his ministry and his power and everything that he had done, his effectiveness as a prophet and training up other prophets. Think about that in terms of like, because it's not capital S, so it's not a double portion of the Holy Spirit. The double portion that he asked for is exactly what he got. And Elijah described that as a difficult thing, a difficult request, but he asked for it and he received it. And when he turned back and returned the way that they had both come, only now it's just him by himself, it was time for him to step into the new role that came with that double portion blessing that he'd asked for. He asked for it, he got it, and now he had to step into it pretty much immediately. I mean, like it literally was immediately. As soon as he walked back to the Jordan, that's his role. And it was and it was time. It was go time. Sometimes we ask for things and we just don't really think beyond it. Not really, not fully. We know what we want. And so we're asking for it. And that oftentimes is where our thinking kind of stops. Like when I get it, that's going to be great. I'm going to be so relieved and so thankful. It's going to be so good. But we don't go like beyond that to what's next. We have put it in park at that point receiving what we want, but in reality, getting what we ask for, maybe the moment when we need to put the car in drive or overdrive and we need to get moving, like, you know, get moving. Is there nitro that you can hit? Like we need to get moving. Um, There's a responsibility that came into Elisha's life when this request was granted. Now he was the leader of the prophets and the hardships of leading and teaching the actual work of being a prophet in this leadership role on the heels of Elijah, no less. That's a tall order. So who can who can fill those shoes? Thankfully, thankfully, God only called Elisha to be himself in this role, not a 2.0 version of his predecessor. Even though he asked for a double portion of blessing, God did not say, now you just are Elijah 2.0. Isn't God good? Even when he gave him what he asked for, he still let it be like contained in the person that Elisha was, that God created him to be. Thankfully, that's what God requires of us as well. You don't need to be anybody else. There's no need for any 2.0 upgrades when God made each one of us unique and individual in the exact way that only he can. All 8 billion of us on this planet are uniquely made. This is profound. This is a miracle, really, if we if we just take it down to its basis level, it's absolutely a miracle. You don't need to be anybody else. You need to be the you that God created you to be. But I want you to consider if perhaps you've asked for something, prayed about it, gotten what you requested, the prayer's been answered, and then have you simply possibly stopped right there? Hit pause, put it in park. Things are now on hold. You're living in the pause rather than living your life out the way that the Lord wants you to. Elisha had to go back the way he had come yet, but he went back in a new role with this new mantle. And, you know, he was dressed differently. He was wearing something else. He was changed. He had this double portion answer to his request. He had to be about this new role under this new mantle for the rest of his life. Do you think that was always easy for him? And do you and I ever avoid putting it back into drive and moving forward simply because we know it's not going to be easy? What if the answered prayer that God provided was not just for us to hold on to and to, by means of just holding on to it, basically do nothing with, nothing long-term, not invest it, not pay it forward, not think about the kingdom. What if God has something for us to do with those answered requests? What then? Can we buckle up 
and get going and not give in to laziness and procrastination or fear, have you ever felt like it's just plain hard to live out the daily reality of the answered prayer, that thing that you prayed for, maybe prayed for for a really long time? I guess that's the real question I'm asking. And if so, can you really believe that the overarching hope of the Bible, that the Bible gives us the assurance that every promise of God will prove true for you, not just like for everybody in general, but for you specifically in this situation, in the hard things and the easy things on the good days and the bad, that there's hope, an overarching hope in the Bible that all God's promises are yes and amen through Christ Jesus our Lord. Can you believe the promise God gives to be with you, never to leave you or forsake you? And can you do the thing he wants you to do, trusting fully in his goodness and his faithfulness toward you? Or will you remain in that place where it's just so hard that you don't really want to move on? God has this thing for you. You prayed for it. You put some skin in the game by faith as you were praying, like asking him again and again. Perhaps this was like a prayer that you kept praying, not a one-time prayer. It was on your prayer list for a while Now the answer has come, and now it's go time. And while you maybe thought that the great act of faith was what it took to ask and keep on asking in prayer, but now you see that it will take a great act of faith to step out into what this answered prayer holds for your life and for others who will be impacted by what you do next. It's here. Finally, God answered my prayer. I'm thankful and rejoicing. I'm almost overwhelmed and undone by his goodness toward me. And now the journey has just begun. Am I only talking to myself today or is there anybody else who can relate? Has anyone else ever felt like they had to lean so hard on the Lord and choose to daily believe his promises yet again, totally by faith, after their prayer was answered? That new mom who prayed and prayed as she battled fertility issues. Now that sweet new baby is here and wowza, this answered prayer is just the start of a new journey. And it takes a lot of faith to keep leaning in during those long sleepless nights. And, uh, you know, anybody? Yeah, it's the newborn phase. It's the struggle is is real. It's very, very real. The job with the amazing promotion, the best co-workers who are on the next level. Now it's taking a lot of faith as you learn the ropes and you bump up against things that you've never dealt with before. Maybe there's like a ministry opportunity. You've been praying for a long time about this and now it's here. The opportunity has arrived And you have to add your preparedness to that opportunity and do some things that are super hard in order to advance the kingdom of God in this new ministry that the Lord has entrusted you with. Anybody else ever feel this way about anything? And when you maybe, let's put it this way, when you feel like asking, well, what now? Well, what now? I got the thing I prayed for, and now I'm feeling like really uncertain, insecure, and overwhelmed. What now? I would say the answer to the question, what now, is this. Put your new mantle on. That's what now. If you know Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit within you. He will equip you. He's not going to ditch you. He'll lead and guide you. He'll never abandon you. The New Testament says the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is at work in us. It dwells in us by the Holy Spirit. That's ample power for what this new mantle, this answered prayer is going to demand of you. 
Don't make the mistake of looking back at your former life, like before the prayer was answered, looking back and wishing you could just go back there, wishing you had never stepped out. You'd never asked big. You'd never leveled up. I wish, I wish, I wish I'd never. Don't do that. Don't make that mistake. Listen, insecurity is normal for all of us when we're in a new situation, when we are changing roles in life somehow, when a big prayer gets answered in a big way insecurity is normal. But insecurity can be like just a a signal, a sign for us. It's a sign that you're being grown, that you're being stretched in your faith and in your maturity in Christ. Insecurity does not have to have the last word. It can be like a laser pointer. It's letting us know that in this exact spot, right there where you're feeling really out of your depth and vulnerable, like the new kid on the block, right there is the place that God is simply maturing you. And where you can expect his strength to come in strong and hot and powerful right in the midst of your weakness. Because where we're weak, that's where he's strong. That's all it is. So yield to the spirit of the Lord. Do the next thing and then the next. Don't make the mistake of looking back at the former things because the Lord wants us to behold him doing a new thing. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Rejoice in what God is just getting started in your life. It's a gift, this answered prayer. And hey, If you're listening today and you're in the middle of some long praying and after listening to this, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to stop praying about that. Uh, There's going to be a lot of new faith required when God answers. Maybe maybe I'll just stop asking right now. Let's just cut this thing off at the knees and be done with it. Um, You know, I suppose you could do that, but I think that would be the wrong answer. Like, I mean, to just stop praying for something like that. Uh, maybe don't do that. Don't do that. You don't want to, if you, if you just stop where you are, it's like saying, I'm going to stay stagnant. I'm just going to remain. I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to mature. I'm never going to do anything new. Just, yeah, no, thank you. Uh, Wouldn't you rather live the adventure that your life is when you walk with the spirit led by your good shepherd, who's always guiding you. And he's just the safest place to be is with the good shepherd guiding you to the glory of your father. The answer to that is yes, by the way. There is no alternative answer. The only answer is yes. Don't stop now. Don't go backward because that's like reverse potty training. And yeah, that's not a good plan. We don't want to go back into the diapers. Let's not do that. No reverse potty training. No going backward. We won't stop. Are you called to live perhaps like Elijah or like Elisha in your generation? Like Barnabas or like Lydia, like Ruth or Esther or Mordecai or like Joseph in Egypt or like Peter, Peter moving forward even after heart breaking, gut wrenching failure. Honestly, yes, you probably are called to live like the Bible characters that we read about who were not just uh, sketches. They're like real actual people. This isn't a script and it isn't a play. This really, really happened because you're a child of God. You're called to live like one. You are a child of God, so you are, in a way, a Bible character. So live like one. That's your calling. You're called to be a disciple and to make disciples, to live a life of discipleship on both fronts, if you will. It's like a a two-front war, and we're in a war, like it or not. It doesn't do any good to be like, well, I'm not. I don't want to be in a war, so I'm going to you know, plug my ears and close my eyes and say, no, 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 I'm not listening. That, that doesn't change the fact that there's a real spiritual battle going on and that people People who have souls that will live somewhere for eternity, people are at stake. People matter to Jesus enough that he 
died willingly on the cross for those people. So you don't get to bow out and say, I'm not going to be part of this war. That's a dangerous game to play, and it will not go well for you when you stand and look at the Lord one day and have to try and somehow look him in the eye. Can you imagine when it's like you just abdicated? You just bowed out. You just went and hid and let people slide right on into eternity without knowing me. You can't force people to know Jesus, but man, if you're hiding your light under a bushel, oh, yikes, you don't want to look Jesus in the eye on that point one day. So how you live matters. You're in a war. You may as well just say, I guess I'm in a two-front war. And here's the two fronts, your own discipleship and investing in others as a disciple maker. It doesn't mean that always is going to be perfect. Life is messy and sticky, and not everybody is going to receive what you have to say. But remember, the New Testament says, Paul did this, Apollos did this, God did this. One planted, one watered, and God gave the increase. So don't stop loving people and sharing about Jesus with them because you don't see the increase. God gives the increase. Sometimes we harvest where we didn't plant. Sometimes we plant where we're never going to harvest. Both of those are very biblical things. So keep on being a disciple who wants to make disciples, at least be part of the discipleship process in some way, shape, or form. Go and tell about Jesus. Don't stop now. Live your life for him. Just live for him. If you feel like you don't know how to tell people about Jesus, just start by living your life for him and say, Lord, would you give me an opportunity today? And then ask for that again tomorrow. You're going to get braver and braver as time goes on. You're going to love people better and better the more you pray that prayer. Listen, Jesus is worth it. In eternity, you're never going to regret not so much as one millisecond that you spent for the Lord and for his purposes, for his glory and for his honor. You won't regret it. The only thing you'll regret is not living more for him. The promise of Second Kings is the all-encompassing promise of Elisha's life. So please don't stop now. All right. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. I really am super grateful for you. I do pray for my listeners and I'm just blessed and honored to have you listening and to be part of your life via this, uh, you know, isn't like, isn't technology amazing? The things that we can do, it's a huge, tremendous blessing. So thank you for listening today. I really do mean that. And uh, the link to my daughter's Etsy shop with her Christian themed, encouraging and super cute and modern items like t-shirts and coffee mugs, journals, hoodies, etc. That is at the tippy top of the show notes. Thanks for taking a look at that. I will see you back here next time. Lord bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.